If you've been pottering politics this week, then you've come to the right podcast. This is Pottering Politics. What are we pottering this week? What in the blue hell is Nigel Farage playing at? Should you trust the news? Why are MPs turning against their own parties? And is the Joker a member of the Labour Party? I'm Andrew, the man on the street. I'm Simon, the man in the classroom. And together, we are pottering politics. We are pottering politics indeed. Okay, which topic do you want to do first? Uh, well, the first one. The first one. Yes, one the blue hell is not, okay, we've, been, we've kind of been avoiding talking about Nigel Farage for a couple of weeks because you wanted to talk about Farage, so here's your chance. But Farage has gone all... Because you wanted to have a big, big rant, if I'm right. You wanted to have a big rant saying, what the hell is Nigel Farage doing? But this week he's actually come out and done something kind of sensible, which ruins your rant. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand over to you and say, do you want to give us last week's rant? Well, no, hang on. First, you're wrong. It doesn't ruin my rant. <laughs> Okay. It, it actually just adds to my rant. So okay. It all started right. a long time ago. Once upon a time. If you remember when, before Boris was our Prime Minister, yeah. and Nigel Farage was going around saying that Boris is the man for the job. I remember him saying, like, May's not the person for the job, you know, prop, get a Brexiteer and yeah, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So fast forward, Boris is now Prime Minister, yeah. Yeah. and all of a sudden it's like oh Boris can't get a deal which which is what everyone kind of said but then you started to see this whole hang on a minute what, 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 what's happening with what you previously said which I know MPs are like infamous for doing that kind of thing then that turned into alright if Boris gets a deal it's going to be the old deal this is Farage, this is Farage speaking saying yeah, Boris is yeah. so Farage was going around saying if he does get a deal or a couple of weeks later it's going to be uh, the term he used was putting lipstick on the pig, just reheating yep. May's deal. Yeah, yeah. Then Boris came back with a new deal, removing the backstop, yeah. despite if you think it's bad or good. It with was a, a front stop. A front stop. Uh, he said, no, 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 that's not that's not real Brexit. Yeah. And he went full no deal, World Trade Organization yeah. rules, et cetera, et cetera. And then this is this is the kick of it. This is what where all the Brexiteers went like, what are you doing? Yeah. He came out and he announced that he was going to stand in all the seats the Tories are in, yeah. if they well, all, didn't... All the seats. All the seats, yeah, yeah, yeah. including, obviously, all the seats. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, wh why? Why would you do that? Because he wants Brexit. Yeah. That's what he's always said. And you're not going to get a full clean out of Brexit. Like, the Europe doesn't want it. We don't want it. It's not going to happen. I think all Brexit is really needs to come to that that, that revelation, because it's it's not. Because he, it, so he was... Sorry, to complete the narrative, so he then went to yeah, Boris... Yeah, I'm, I'm ranting too much. He, was, <laughs> he went to Boris and said, you... Adjust your deal or something like that. Yeah, and then you, I'll, you, you, you will. I'll, I won't stand yeah, against you. Or something. You make your deal more hard Brexit, yeah. which isn't that easy because you have to go back and negotiate, yeah. and you just negotiate. So that's unrealistic. Or I'm going to do this. Then, again, <laughs> high pitch yeah, the yeah. arrow. Then, then he's turned around. What, when was it? Friday. Monday. It, it, yeah, Monday. Okay, uh, and he's now said actually he's going to only. Half the seats. So instead of 600, it's 300. Yeah. And it's not going to be any seats that the Tories won in the last election. Yeah. Like Tory stronghold. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is the bit I haven't told you. As you know, mm. before we started recording, I, I heard something on the radio. Yeah, yeah. That apparently said to a reporter. That you were like, I'm not going to tell you now. I'm not going to tell you because yeah, yeah. it's outrageous. It's like a good old wrestling promo. He said to a reporter today, apparently, yeah. he might vote Tories. Brilliant. Just what are you, just do you want Brexit or not? Do you want it to happen? Because I thought, as I've mentioned to you, and he's proved me wrong, mm. this he has proved me wrong on, I thought this was all a big ploy to become an MP. But he's also turned around and said he's not going to see, it's trying to contest any seats. Yeah. Just, just but what? So, <laughs> Sorry, so, just, I so literally obviously, that was a somewhat confusing narrative to follow. Uh, <laughs> 
So, Brian, but, but, the gist but, is me, Nigel Farage has gone crazy. Let me just take a step back though, because you used to be a Farage fan. You've never been a Farage file or a member of UKIP or anything like that. But I remember we've had conversations where you have you, you've said you know sentences like you know I you know, I think he makes a lot of sense on certain issues and and kind of things like that. So when did assuming that's true, when did you start to change your view on him? Because he because he because you're a Brexiteer and he's a Brexiteer. So why are you not in line? Yeah, but so just a slight correction. Okay. I, Sorry. I, I I always I always think that um, Nigel Farage and most people really get a hard time in the press. There's yeah. lots of things like racist and extreme. Thing. You know, there's lots of things that he says I don't agree with, but a lot. You know, he did and does make some good points. Yeah. When I when someone goes against their core message for all this time, yeah. as a politician, and even though he's not an MP, he's definitely a politician. He's in the political landscape. Mm. So I don't know what he believes. And as people, I think we all need to connect with our politicians and know what they believe so we can either align with them or not align with them. So when someone tries to almost backdoor sabotage Brexit, something they've been fighting for all this time... So do you feel he's, he's become disingenuous? That yeah. He, that his views on Brexit are no longer... Is he no longer a Brexiteer? Well, it's either that, or, and I don't mean this nastily, and I'm not slanderous, but it's literally the only conclusion I've come up with, or he's a bit stupid, because his, <laughs> his, his, his things are not realistic. It's not going to happen. So he's either going to split the Tory vote yeah. and prevent Brexit, but he doesn't want that, and surely he knows that. So let's, let's, let's take a step back from Farage for a second and talk about more the party, the Brexit party. So this... What is the impact of the Brexit party pulling out of just the Conservative seats going to be? Because I've read, there's some good analysis on the BBC of this when, when it first happened, and, and they're not really sure because he's not standing against the Conservatives in seats the Conservatives won, so, but, but the Conservatives were likely to win those seats anyway. Mm. But by, they're still standing against the Conservatives and Labour in the seats that that the Conservatives aren't currently holding. So if there's a seat that the Conservatives would like to take... You know, to, to, to kind of get a majority, then actually the Brexit Party is still standing against them and potentially splitting their vote in those seats. Um, the other argument is that actually the Brexit Party will take votes from Labour because, um, as we talked about with the Panorama documentary last week, you know, that there's this kind of, there is this kind of like uh, social class C D, uh, C2s and Ds that yeah. are perhaps debating Brexit Party. So there's an argument that the Brexit Party <clears throat> will take votes from Labour. There's also an argument that it'll take votes from the Tories. It's not clear that what, that what Farage has done will actually benefit the Conservatives overall? I Yes, I, I would agree it won't benefit them. It, it, it sounds it, like it benefits them, because he says he's not standing against them. Actually, the seats they need to win, he's still if, standing. If he stood in seats that um, in areas that they could have taken enough votes off the Conservatives, like quite 50-50 with the Brexit yeah. Remain thing, if they took enough seats off the Conservatives, then Labour wouldn't probably suffer as much losses because of their slightly ambiguous leaning towards Remain stance. Well, they're, they're trying to go down this, like, we'll hold another referendum so you, yeah. you're safe to and vote for yeah, us. Yeah, exactly, you. yeah. But, you know, they, they are definitely more Remain than they were mm. initially. Yeah, so it, it will help them there that they won't have their vote split there. But as, as the example I was speaking to you earlier about is that if, if there was, like, a Midland or, you know, like a leave northerny town that was traditionally Labour and the Tories were going to get all those votes and take that seat, now they're coming in and splitting that what seats yeah. are going to come from Labour. So then it's going to just half of half, basically, and Labour will still have half of the original vote and probably still have that, that Remain vote. One of the questions that we look at in, at school in A-level politics is, is what is the impact of what you call the minor parties, which would be basically anyone that's not Labour and Conservative, yeah. really. And I think UKIP slash the Brexit party, they're having an impact. 
you know, we, we, it's not clear what the impact is going to be. Yeah. But, but people are talking about them, and people are debating putting their vote, their, their, vote, their, their votes there. So it's definitely going to be an interesting one to look back on and see was this a defining moment when Farage changed, or, or has would, would Brexit Party make a big impact? Because um, in, in the past, the, the the UKIP Brexit Party has made a, has won the European elections, but when it's come to general elections, they've been far less successful. Even though they got yeah. they got lots of there was one year where they got lots of votes, like ten percent of the vote, and got one seat, um, which is down to our electoral system. So they've never had quite the same success. Um, so just just your opinion before we move on to mm. the next subject. To answer my question, what in the blue hell is Nigel Farage playing at? What is he playing at? In your opinion, I. Don't know. I think I think he is. I th- I think he wants Brexit, obviously, because you know Brexit party and all that kind of stuff. And I think maybe to an extent he's pushing buttons or opening doors to see which doors open. Well, so there's a phrase in that you you push the doors to see if they'll open. Mm. So I think in a way he's put he's trying to see how far he can push Boris. He's trying to see what electoral success will get. But there's another factor in in mind though. And I was because I was looking at the polls with my students earlier today. And the Brexit Party, ever since Boris Johnson came to power, the Brexit Party has gone down and down and down and down in the polls. Mm. They're, they're not down, they're not flatlining or anything like that, but they have gone down and down. So there might be another element to which da- which Farage is thinking damage limitation. He's thinking, you know, he knows that he can look at the polls and see well actually his 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 vote is unlikely to be big. So rather than having a result that makes him look bad, if he pulls out now, he can do it in almost like a gift magnanimously. You know, it, it might it might almost be a a pre electoral climb down so he can look like the bigger man you know you know when someone kind of yeah. pulls out or, or you know I, I, I think that's backfired though because he just looks like a he doesn't quite know what he wants and now he looks like he's almost turned against his own party it also means he can train it also means he can train his fire on labor and the lib dems which is speaking of the lib dems they have things probably having the exact same effect on labor that a brexit party have on the Tories. so what's gonna happen well it's it's watch this space. Tune in next week, and we still won't know. Tune in the week <laughs> after that. We might know after the election. After the election, um, right? Question number two: Should you trust the news? Okay, I wanted to talk about this one. Um, the reason why I want to talk about this one is I uh, a few things have come up recently. Um, I was watching an interview with John McDonnell, who's the uh, shadow chancellor in, in the Labour Party, and he was being interviewed by Alistair Campbell, and they were talking about how the um, the newspapers treat Labour badly, and I think that's generally a um, a generally accepted fact that most of the press in particular is is is, is reasonably right wing. Um, some people accuse the BBC of being the same way. I'm not so sure, but, you know, th- there's these accusations around. And um, they asked John McDonnell about it. And John McDonnell says, well, he just said, well, it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter anymore, to be honest. People don't read the newspapers. Their, their, their uh, readership is, has gone down and down. These days, it's all about social media. And therefore, we are going to be directing all of our... Um, uh, Finance finances into focus. In, yeah. onto the Facebooks, the Instagrams, your Twitters, your, you know things like that, and that's where we're going to be putting our message. Which then leads to another follow up, though, is because if you are in the newspaper and you are, or you are on the, the TV, you if you say you can't say something that's a flat out lie, you can twist, you can be extremely biased, you can you can be you know almost kind of slanderous, but there there are there are ways you can legally come back on it and so i think if we if we are entering a period now where most people get their political news from social media it does raise questions about whether you can trust it and so when i say should you trust the news i'm not really talking about the newspapers anymore i'm actually saying can you trust what you see on social media when we and we're actually we're all seeing at the moment you know we are getting these adverts are being kind of thrown at us so uh what do you think I my personal opinion on this is that you you probably should try and get your news from the widest spectrum 
for yeah. people. And but but and but good. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anything's really changed apart from social media as now like focused. Mm. Like based on our search history and stuff from Cambridge Analytica and all that stuff. So if we were more inclined to be right Tory or left Labour, it would show us material that would just put us into an echo chamber. But I remember the days where billboards were just like, like you know, static Facebook posts yeah. where there was like uh, new, new Labour, new evil, and new like, danger. Yeah, new danger. That's the one. And the evil eyes on Tony Blair. Nothing's really changed. I think it's all this panicking and making things out to be. A but there, there is this not. thing now, and I'm not, I'm not sure it's a bad thing. It's but it's a thing that they know that you're a white male of a certain age, and they know through your search history or your whatever that you know certain things about you, and then they, and then you get a tailored advert which is aimed at you because you are that mm. demographic. And the, there was an article that showed two Labour adverts, I think it was, that went out at the same time, the same formatting, but different messages were on them. And yeah. there's, there's nothing illegal or wrong about that, but it but it does raise questions that but it it does mean that that none of us are actually getting the whole picture. We're getting a tailored picture which the parties want you to. To see, and in terms of maybe the power of the media or the power of social media, what this enables the parties to do is to really kind of go, well, this bloke's likely to be interested in the NHS mm. and fire NHS messages at you, or this bloke's likely to be a Brexiteer and fire yeah. Brexit messages at you. Um, I'm not really sure what my conclusions are on this. I'm not sure how. I'm not sure how I feel You're just about highlighting. it. Highlighting. I, I think I worry. It, does it worry me? I've said worried. Now I'm not sure it worries me. I, it, <laughs> it's 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 different because it's new and it's different. I'm yeah. not sure how I feel about it. I work with someone, no names. You don't even know where I work, so they're good. Uh, but and they are properly panicked about this. They, mm. They've seen that there's a documentary uh, on on Netflix. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's oh the, the Great Hack or the Great Hack Scandal or something. Okay. And it's about the Cambridge Analytica Brexit and the Trump thing. And they were completely oh you got to watch this. It's terrible, terrible. My God, oh my God, oh my God. So I watched it. And I reported back going, but but didn't you know they did that? Mm. You know, like, don't don't you do that anyway? Don't you go to where you've kind of agree with, oh, yeah. I agree with that story, so I'm going to read the story. And, and people naturally do that. I think it's, I think we all have to consciously fight it and try and get news from different sources I and think, challenge I think, I think our own Im- opinions. It's important that we you don't just look at the news on your social media. You go to... Yeah. Whether, whether it's the BBC, whether it's the Guardian, whether it's the Times, whether it's the Telegraph, you know, but you yeah, you, you, you have to seek out news, yeah. not just let the news hit you in the face. The, the other thing about this that came out this week was a deepfake video. Um, and deepfake is a, is a program or an app that lets you, um, lets, lets you edit video to make it look like someone's saying something that they're not mm. actually saying. Um, and so this, comp- this think tank has, has put together a video where, of Boris Johnson where he endorses Jeremy Corbyn. And they've put, to- <laughs> they've put, they've put together a video of Jeremy Corbyn where he endorses Boris Johnson. Oh, okay. I have to say the Boris Johnson one is done better because they've, got, they've managed to get a guy that actually sounds like Boris Johnson, oh, whereas okay. apparently it's really hard to do an impression of Jeremy Corbyn's voice. <laughs> um, but they've done it really well, and they, they go through, and the Boris Johnson guy endorses Jeremy Corbyn, and then at the end of the video... In Boris Johnson's voice, he also says, "And oh, I'm a fake. I'm not real. I have. A, I'm not really saying this." So, so it's done very much about raising public awareness. Um, but it does again raise a question of: Are we eventually? Are we now coming to a point where we know people edit videos to make yep. to make things people look say like things? Just, just recently, say times, things yeah, look yeah. like they haven't said. We know people are very selective with the information we do. But now we can even get a case where we can see a video clip of someone saying something, <laughs> see and that, hear them, that they've like. never <laughs> actually said. So you know, check your sources. Check what you're reading 
um, there you go, there's our preach for the week. Right, what's next? Okay, so this one is, why are MPs turning against their own party? And we've seen a lot of this at the, the beginning of this general election run-up yep. and the campaigning. So we had there was both David, sides. David Gork did it today. He's a conservative, turned yep. against, he said basically said, don't vote conservative. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy, Ian Austin, and I remember that name for Stone Cold Ian Stone Austin. Cold Stone Cold yeah, yeah, Ian yeah, yeah, Austin. You shared that Who's a Labour MP who said, don't vote Corbyn. Corbyn, no, it really went to town on him, didn't it? Really it went really to town. Went to town. Um, so why are MPs turning against their empire? Well, cynical Andrew time. Okay. I've noticed that, and you have to take everything with a pinch of salt because it's the, now the Brexit era. Mm. When someone is saying bad things against Boris, they're a Remainer. Mm. <laughs> and when people are saying bad things about Corbyn, they're a Brexiteer and they leave it. I'm pretty sure that Labour MP was uh, a Brexiteer. He was definitely Midlands Northern, mm-hmm. like the, the Austin guy. He looked, he looked like yeah. he'd be a Brexiteer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't let you get away with that one. There is it. Um, the uh, uh, yeah, and, and obviously the who was the other conservative, the big conservative. Um, oh, Dale Dole, Ian Dole. No, no, Nick Bowles. Nick Bowles. Nick Bowles. That's it. He yeah. really he also, he on really Boris. Oh, you can't trust him. Yeah, he's, he's you cheating can't, on every yeah, woman he's, he's ever been with. Yeah. And you, he just lies. Yeah. He, 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 he went to town on Corbyn as well. He was an equal opportunity party basher. He was like neither, neither, none <laughs> he, of the above. He he was asked just before like like I got to you mm. to do the show and stuff um, on the radio. He was directly asked if you had to pick between Corbyn and Boris. Yeah. And he was pushed a lot, and yeah. he, he did completely slag them both off. Yeah. Oh, you know, you can't trust him. His policies are terrible. Corbyn, yeah. this is, you know, and he's so Marxist. You, you know, you can't do that. And then he went to town and Boris saying, yeah. yeah, but he lies, and I don't, I don't know if he means anything he says. And he pushed and pushed and pushed, and it's he wouldn't outright say it, but he definitely seemed. I would put my reputation on the line if anyone come away listening yeah. to that. He probably was saying. At least I can trust Corbyn that believes what he says. Yeah. That was the general message of yeah. that. So for, for another, another Tory MP. But the connection seems to be, and I could, correct me if I'm wrong here, I could be wrong here because I haven't looked into every single case. But when I when I realised this, it's just the Remainers are saying Boris is, is a liar scumbag and the Brexiteers are saying that Corbyn is just about to start a new well, Russia it, and Venezuela. Here, it, so. does, <laughs> it does... Uh, well, the Russia scandal is probably something we need to talk about next week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, just for as a quick note before I carry on this, we're recording this on Wednesday, and uh, so we'll probably release this on, on the Sunday, but it does mean if anything major happens on which, Thursday, Friday this week... Which does keep happening. Which does keep happening. Every day. Uh, we're, not, we're not just avoiding it, we'll, we'll deal with it. Uh, who who ne- knows ne- where Nigel week. Farage may be at? Who, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why are they talking about him dropping <laughs> off 300 seats? He's, he's, <laughs> he's joined the Labour Party. He's, uh, he's, in, he's in space, have they not? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, are, are we now in an era, perhaps, where... Brexit lines have become more important than party lines to to some people and, yeah. to, some, and to some voters. Um, I think you've obviously got some people that are Labour through and through or, or Conservative through and through. But you've got people like Jacob Rees-Mogg who tried to bring down Theresa May, the Conservative yeah. Prime Minister. You've got um, uh, Chukaramuna who left the Labour Party over over Brexit amongst amongst other issues. You know, Brexit has become <laughs> and then left the other party and, and then, then left, left the, and then left that party too. <laughs> um, Brexit has become such a big issue that it is bigger than the political party system which has been going for 60, 70 years under the Labour and Conservatives. So with that being said, is Boris right that we just need to get it done so we can actually go back to normal or at least a a resemblance of what politics used to be like and people in their camps and what they believe? We've had this conversation before and and it was quite a depressing conversation because I think the question question went along the lines of when will this be over? Mm. 
To which the answer is, we don't know. I don't. I'm not sure if it will ever be over. Almost within the next kind of twenty years, because yes, we will probably get will probably get to a situation where we've left the EU. But then we have the questions about what's our future relationship with yeah. the EU going to be. So, so we're still very much at the the embryonic stage of of, of what's going to happen. And if we leave, you've still got half of the country. Remainers who are yeah. very who are very upset. If we stay, we've still got half the country Brexiteers who are very very upset. And because in in theory, for this issue to be over, there needs to be some some closure, some compromise, some some idea that you know you can meet in the in the middle to yeah, an extent. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what a deal is. This is why the whole going back to Farage yet again, the yeah. whole coming out with no deal is just it's not you know you have to compromise. Yeah, I mean like Tony Blair said in a thing that we were at, um, uh, a lecture, that compromise isn't a dirty word. It's the way forward on most of these cases. And a good deal is the way forward. Although he actually, although if you remember though, he said compromise is important, but he also said it's important to pick a direction and go with it. Um, yeah. where, whereas... Which, which all parties have done apart from the Labour Party. <laughs> well, the, the Labour Party, they've done better. Like they're, 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 a few months ago, their, part, their view was very distorted. They're, now their view is very, you can summarise it two sentences, we'll go and get a deal and then we'll hold a referendum. And they'll... Campaign against the deal. That bit yeah. gets a bit muddy, yeah, but the, but you muddy. you least you know there, there there is a commitment to a referendum there. Um, so yeah, so why are MPs turning against their own party? I think I think the second so one reason is Brexit. I think reason number two is we genuine genuinely have two very divisive leaders at, yeah. at, at the moment, um, and and so even within their own parties, there are people that won't just you know. Suck up and go. Yeah, blindly follow their leader and stuff. Like yeah, they, they, if they didn't like them before and they've become leader, they're less likely to to, to follow um, the party line, which I guess means you could you could make an argument about the importance of the party leader. Um, and and you know, I think I think it's a really interesting case. Like, what would have happened to Britain? And this isn't Jeremy Corbyn bashing, but if Jeremy Corbyn had not been the leader for the last five years, whatever mm. it was, and you had a. a David Miliband kind of calendar, yeah. or, or one of the other ones, Liz Kendall. Um, um, uh, some of the others, I can't remember the name, sorry. Tom um, yeah, but if you'd had a different, like, how would, how different would we be? Like, would Brexit have happened for a start if the Labour had been more on board with Remain? Possibly. Um, would court, would Labour have won the last election when, when May fell apart? Um, or, or, is, or are we being completely unfair and is actually Corbyn far more popular than we give him credit for and it's just the media that make him appear like this kind of more unpopular figure? Um, I don't, I don't know, but I think there's definitely a question there about to what extent are policies important? To what extent are people important? And what? How how much does Brexit come into it again? Because I I do firmly believe that this election, as despite what the Labour were doing and trying to get onto yeah. actual real policies and you know announcement after announcement on. I'm glad I'm glad you've admitted that Brexit isn't a real policy. <laughs> <laughs> policies that have got nothing to do with Brexit. I should yes. phrase that. Yes, so, um, yeah, it, it's just it's just overriding everything. I, I think the answer, in my opinion, is Brexit is why people are doing this. Because if if Boris was a Remainer, would they be coming out against him? But do you think it's, this is going to be over? You know, as we're having a kind of I think it will Brexit be. Debate. I think Brexit will be over when MPs accept whatever there is to accept. So remain or or um, leave when they actually accept it. It's just happening. They'd have to agree with it. They can say, well, I disagree with it, but there was a referendum, blah, blah, blah. This is just one example. Mm. And I think it has to come from the top down. So when they just stop debating it, stop trying to score points over it, stop trying to get what they can out of it, actually being cynical Andrew here again, <laughs> the things I'm saying, when they 
but finally go that i think the rest of the population will start to come to terms with stuff i i think and we'll build a bridge of love i i i don't see this end even beginning to end until basically we have had some sort of brexit because i think it's it's now the idea behind brexit has now become an icon almost of itself like it's because there's people that believe in brexit as a thing mm. and but now there's also this huge group going well, we voted for Brexit, so we want Brexit. Yeah, and and in in a sense that it could be we voted for oranges, so now I want an orange. Yeah. you know, until they've got their orange, the, this issue is never going to be because um, democracy is on the line. It, it, in my opinion, it it will say a lot if most of the MPs didn't want Brexit. Yeah, and then the public said, well, actually, just but they did say we want Brexit, mm. and then the politicians go. Uh, let's just keep shipping away at you until eventually we get enough of that 50%. That's my opinion, but I would say that because I'm a Brexiteer. I think that, I think we had this conversation before, but I think you're right. If Remain had won, then people like myself would be like, cool, that's done. Yep. Thank you very that's much. Done. And I think, um, I, but, actually, but actually, on reflection, now looking at it from the other point of view, that's not a fair viewpoint to take. You know, if it had been 52 48 the other way, you would have to have gone, in mentally, you would have to have gone, cool, we've won that. Yeah. But something needs to change here, you know, yeah. about, about the relationship with the EU or the Union, you know, some, or, or maybe we need to think about leaving anyway or something mm -hmm. like that because, you know, that 48, 52, whichever way round it yeah, is. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. You have, to, you have to incorporate both sides of those views. But it wouldn't have happened. No, it wouldn't. It the wouldn't. the, the right. establishment right. would have went, right, that's that, thank you. Yeah. And the public, me included, I did not expect Brexit to happen. You know, when I yeah. woke up that morning, I was like, say what? And it was just like... a literally rubbing my eyes to see the, the results on the TV. So if it had come back and remained, I would have went, I knew that was going to happen, blatantly. Do you think, do you think, I know we're going to have a bit of a Brexit debate here, but we, as we're, we've got a bit, little bit of time left. Um, do you think there was an argument for a 60-40 threshold? Because I've just because I've just finished David Cam Cameron's autobiography, which I know you you're currently started, and they, they were, he, he raised that as a possibility and he shot it down, but it was something they, they considered. Yes, I do. I think they should have done that. And I know that would have meant that Brexit wouldn't have gone through, but for such a big change, they should have done that. Because his argument against it was, A, it might have pushed up the Brexit vote. Oh, yep. That was his first one. But his second one was, well, what would have happened if you ended up in a, an absurd situation where Brexit got 54%, but because it didn't reach the 60%, we're not going to do it. So you know there's a majority in the country for it. Then the rules. Well, I mean, if, if they came out clearly set the rules, like yeah. they did... With the actual Brexit referendum, yeah. they said once in a lifetime, if you what you say we're going to do, etc., yeah. etc. So you know, not that that those rules have been followed, but if if the rules were sixty forty, mm. and it, it and the results come back that did come back, mm. then I personally would have went okay. Well, because in America, just to go a little bit more theoretical here, Simon says, um, in America, whenever you have a, what, a constitutional amendment, you have to get a two thirds majority. It's called a super majority. So when they, when they, and it's not a, a, a people's vote. It's a it's through their Congress yeah. or their Senate and things like that. But it means if they want to significantly change something constitutional, which is about how the country is run, there has to be a significant majority for it. It can't just be, it can't scrape through on 51, 52. Yeah. There has to be an overwhelming movement to say, yes, we want this change. I'm, I'm not sure if you have a referendum whether you can make the same rules apply um, because I think it would be absurd to have a case where a majority of people voted for something and then you didn't do it. Um, but I, there is a, I think there is a case to be said that the country would be less divided if you waited until there was an overwhelming majority oh, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to get it. But then would you just inflame 
would you also would you just encourage the 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 Brexit view? Um, but if that if that's the real flavour of the country and it came back sixty percent, then then so you'd it, have to go with if it. If it didn't, I mean, that, those are the if you set the rules, you just have to play by the rules, and that's the whole point of democracy. You set out the terms and the conditions before, and you say, right, you go and vote, and whenever the vote comes back, we're going to do because that's referendum. I know you don't like referendums. I, I, can, I completely understand why you don't because it causes these situations. Mm. What what I, a little game I like to do with Remainers, especially at work and stuff like that, is I like to play the old flipperoonie game. So I've I've heard this argument from. Just let me explain what the flipperoonie game is <laughs> for, 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 for all you. Obviously, you can't see us. He's putting very strange faces at me. No, the flipperoonie game is whenever someone makes an argument against Brexit. Yes, he's, he's laughing now. Um, I'm trying not to make saying, oh, you know, it should have been a 60 40. Yeah, 60 40 yeah. is the way forward. And it's like, okay, so so if there was a second referendum, 60 40, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. That's different because it's not, well, hang on, you got you got to do what you preach. It's like, do you always think a 60 40 is good or not? I think it should have been a 60 40, uh, but you can't really have the, if there is ever a second referendum, mm. you can't have that 60 40. Because you didn't have the first one, sixty forty. No, no, no. You can, you can, you can do it now. Yeah. So if people ever, should just if, be careful what, what they wish for and you know what they're saying because it can easily be flipped around. Right. Final topic for today is: Is the Joker a member of the Labour Party? <laughs> so this is because the both the Conservatives and Labour are trying to reach out to, yep. the, to an audience. They're trying to, they're trying to audience. Do, well, maybe that, maybe not. They're, but they're trying to stop people. You know, this is a, we are now in an age where people's attention span is incredibly short. I was watching, there was a BBC video earlier where it was a serious journalist, John Sobel, was like, the Trump impeachment trial in 60 seconds. And they had a clock in the, in the corner counting down and he was like talking as fast as possible to try and get all his points in in 60 seconds. And so we're living in an age now where people need instant entertainment yep. uh, that makes them think. And so both the Conservatives and Labour have released a video today uh, or yesterday, which is um, designed to be eye-catching. So the Conservatives one is Boris Johnson walking around Conservative Party HQ, I guess. Like, he, the beginning of the video is amazing because it looks like he's coming out of the crapper. And, and, <laughs> so he's, he's, he has a paper on his arm. When he comes out of this door and there's someone filming him and he comes out of the door and he goes, oh, hi. And the other That's guy, much better than what I thought and you the other guy starts, But of course, someone's already edited the video, so you have this, like, flushing sound. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go in there if I was you. I wouldn't go in there. And so Boris is walking around, and this guy is just throwing random questions at him, like, oh, Marmite or not, or fish and chips versus roast dinners and things like that. But in between these questions, he kind of says, who should I vote for in the general election and what's going on? Um, and it's, quite, it's quite entertaining, you know. It gives Boris a chance to be Boris and be quite... And he doesn't fluff his lines or anything like that, and he makes a little cup of tea at one point, and lots of people are like, oh, my God, he added milk before taking the tea bag out and all these kind of things. And a lot of people... Have he, hang on. He added milk before taking the tea bag. Out. He did. Okay, and I really have to rethink my. <laughs> Because that is just next to, and a lot, of, a lot of people are comparing it to David Brent and saying it's just kind of cringeworthy stuff. But um, <laughs> but it's new, it's different. And, I, I haven't seen that one. Go, go and check it out. It, but it, it, it can't be as cringeworthy as the Labour one, which you're about to get onto. Which I'm about to get. What do you want to tell us about the Labour one? Oh no, no, because I rant, and then people obviously didn't understand. Okay, my so Farage rant. So. so that's the Conservative one. It's an it's an it's a new and interesting way of trying to get a a a, a message across. And so the new Labour one, technically, it's by momentum, not rather than Labour. Yeah, momentum yeah, is the the, the 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 kind of the, the more left group. So it's the Joker and Batman having a fight and the the Batman slams Joker up against the wall and uh, and then while they're having this conversation, they start having a conversation and Joker starts to sort of, you know, he says, oh, how, how did you catch me? And Batman's like, oh, I'd, I used my bat wing and my bat gadgets and I did this. And the Joker's like, geez, how much, how much did that cost? And Batman's like, well, a few million, I guess. And the Joker's like, wow, you, you, you're like, where'd you get all the money from? And he's like, well, Wayne Enterprises. And he's like, oh, do you not lose it all in tax? And then, they, and then they get kind of on this tax debate and then the Joker starts saying, well, well, you're not paying enough tax then, are you? And, and you should be paying more tax. And, and then 
then they kind of make an interesting point. He starts kind of the Joker starts saying, well, if you had paid more tax, then there would be more money to look after people like me with, mental, with mental health difficulties. Because and, it's the the new Joker from the new film. It's the new Joker, like, yeah. mostly mental health, mental health like issues and, 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 and things. And, and makes a make and starts turning it into a, a point about looking after the vulnerable people in society and what the impact can be. Supervillains, I guess, is I guess yeah. the label, but supervillains could come about um, if you don't do it. And then Batman eventually goes, oh yeah, you're right, I should be, the real way I should be helping people is volunteering to pay more tax. And then punches him and says, no, you're a socialist. Um, and <laughs> And then the little catch line at the end is uh, uh, is something like, if corporations paid their fair share of tax, then we could fund the NHS three times over, which isn't a million miles away from 350 million from the, on the side of a bus. But nevertheless, these are two very interesting approaches, mm-hmm. different approaches to being eye-catching. And I would recommend watching them both. Because yeah, they're, they're different. I mean, they're, 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 they're completely different. Yeah. Oh, well, just, just for the interest of being fair, the, the Boris Johnson one, the, the argument he gives all the way through is, let's get Brexit done. You know, he's just like, we need to, we need, we need closure to this. And he yeah. does it in quite a conversational style. So the big message of the Conservative one is, let's get Brexit done. The big message of the Labour one is about corp- rich, the rich and corporations paying their fair tax. And, and it doesn't come across like, like, like Batman's a bad guy now. Is that the real message, really? Does Jeremy Corbyn hate Batman? I don't know. That wasn't part of the it, video. It, it seems like he it. helps. He hates millionaires. I mean, but the, nowhere in Batman lore has Batman avoided paying his taxes. He, he, he helps Gotham City. So his dad did it in the in the, the new film. In the new film, but the new film's not traditional lore. And I'm not going to make this into a comic book. Go straight to the point. You didn't, you didn't like. You didn't like. I the I didn't like it because it was. I mean, I, to be fair, well, I can't really be fair because I haven't seen the Tory one. Okay. So therefore, that one might make me cringe. You explaining it is not making me cringe. I want to go and watch <laughs> Boris Johnson come out of the toilet and tell someone. <laughs> You're just standing here filming, I guess. Have you got a candle you can light? Uh, <laughs> stuff like that. But the, the, yeah, the, the other one was ridiculous. It was just so, for me, it was so like cringeworthy. My students hated it. Yeah, it was just like try hard, proper try. I don't even know if the kids out there use those that terminology, but it's just like, I'll call it dress snuffers. <laughs> they, were like, they were like, hey, yo, daddy, yo. That's <laughs> hey, not what's hip. up, man? Uh, but seriously, um, I watched it and I laughed for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> and then I, I showed my my son and who's young 11 yeah. and he went oh <laughs> and he's 11 <laughs> and it, it just I was like, oh. so so final thought then for today's show and thank you very much for listening and please please follow the, the podcast if you aren't already how should the parties be trying to reach out be trying to reach out well, what would be the most effective way for you because clearly these videos aren't working for you but they might work on others I yeah but I, I'm a different breed this is hard to like you I I read interviews and I I watch like the Andrew Neil show yeah. and I watch political interviews mm-hmm. and then I, I do watch the political um so uh, maybe so maybe, so maybe we're probably not the people that it's aimed at no um the I think again it's the echo chamber thing it, it's hard for someone who's not going to vote for someone to be converted into that to I, th- I, think, for that person. I think humor is a good way of doing it and both of them are funny to an extent yeah intentionally or otherwise and i think it, i think it's good i think a, being a politics buff myself i'm aware i spend a lot of time looking about politics but i think it's good that they are trying to reach out in a way that could be seen as accessible whether the messages are clear or helpful that's another debate but i like the fact that they are trying to reach out in new ways that people might watch yeah I, I, rather, I think, rather than going oh it's a party political broadcast and turning it off i think your question what is the right way of doing it I didn't like it, but it doesn't mean it's the not the right way of doing it. Because yeah. someone might like that and get that message about like billionaires mm. should pay high taxes, and it's a very good argument. I mean, you know, it is, there's there's a lot of work with this campaign to make people realise how much a billion is. 
I think next next time we should have a look at some of the policies that the parties are starting to put together because none of them have published a manifesto yet, but you can now start to see some of their major flagship yeah. policies and we're going to go through them. Um, if you're enjoying these podcasts, then please do recommend it uh, to, to your friends and uh, do uh, you know, give us some questions if, you, if you'd like. But thank you very much for, for, for listening. So, yeah, I've been Simon. I've been Andrew. And we've been... Pottering Pottering Politics. Politics.